0: Hello and welcome to this week's Skeptical Reporter. My name is Miruna from the Skeptics in Romania podcast and I am bringing you news on science and skepticism from around the world. We begin this edition of the Skeptical Reporter with an announcement. The names of the speakers for this year's amazing meeting that will be hosted in Las Vegas, United States from the 12th to the 15th of July have been made public. Some of the most famous speakers include James the Amazing Randy, Brian Dunning, host and producer of the Skeptoid podcast, theoretical physicist Lawrence Krauss, Stephen Novella, the host and producer of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, Eugenie Scott, executive director of the NCSE, Michael Shermer, who is the founding publisher of Skeptic magazine, but also many others. So if you happen to be in the United States in mid-July, make sure not to miss this great event. And now for the skeptical news. Serial disaster predictor Terrell Croft has predicted another disaster. In a recent press release, he announced that on the 22nd of March, the world will be faced with another catastrophic earthquake that will shift the planet's axis. This is what his press release had to say. Our researchers have discovered the pattern of seismicity going back to 1965 that has transitioned into large magnitude events, including Earth axis shifts on a regular 188-day cycle. The next timeline event is expected to take place according to our calculations on March 22, 2012 at 458 UTC when Earth will pass through a gravity trough connecting the Sun and a heavy-mass object, or HMO, being tracked out of the Leo constellation. The evidence indicates that Jupiter's liquefying core, Venus's slowing rotation, Mars's and Uranus's increased seismicity are all perturbations associated with our inbound HMO. Everyone living in or around the seismic area should be warned to brace for one of the top five seismic events in recorded history on March 22, 2012, right around the equinox. In the United States, lobbyists for alternative medicine are pushing Maryland legislators to force insurance companies to expand coverage of treatments like acupuncture. Under Maryland law, insurance companies aren't required to cover treatments like acupuncture, herbal remedies, and traditional Chinese massage. As Maryland lawmakers work this year to overhaul regulation of health insurance coverage, lobbyists for the Maryland Acupuncture Society are working to make sure they cover alternative treatments. Legislation is supposed to address the needs of the people and their wants, said Belinda White, the Maryland Acupuncture Society's vice president of public affairs. Without having laws that make this openly available to them, people are going to start requesting more access. But many insurance companies are hesitant to cover alternative treatment like acupuncture because they say research is needed to prove their benefits. Because acupuncture is considered experimental, investigational or unproven, insurance companies don't want to cover it, said Mark Slit, a spokesperson for Cigna. Under current law, the Maryland Insurance Administration, which regulates insurance companies in the state, can require companies to cover acupuncture or herbal medicines because they're not mandated benefits, said Public Affairs Director Vivian Laxton. Professor Daryl Bem's controversial series of nine studies that seem to show evidence for precognition, or the ability to feel the future, are in trouble, according to an article by Chris French, professor of psychology at Goldsmiths, University of London, and head of the Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit. Bem used a variety of techniques, but the general approach was to time-reverse established psychological effects. This is what the article had to say. To his credit, in his paper, BEM encouraged other psychologists to attempt replications of his findings and even offered to provide appropriate software to run the studies. In collaboration with Stuart Richard, University of Edinburgh, and Professor Richard Wiseman, and members of my own group at the Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit at Goldsmiths, University of London, we decided to do just that. It was agreed that a replication attempt would take place at each of the three institutions. All three attempts would follow the same procedures as those used by BEM, including using the same number of participants, and the experiments would be pre-registered. Regardless of outcome, we would write up our results and submit them for publication. None of us produced results that supported the effect reported by BEM. Many commentators strongly criticized the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology for publishing BEM's paper in the first place, though it had been put through the same peer review process as other submissions. In a new exercise by a California organization that studies lucid dreaming, volunteers have been conditioned to dream near-death experiences, including the classic scenario of flying toward the light at the end of a tunnel. The researchers say their experiment demonstrates that these heavenly visions must be products of the human mind rather than supernatural phenomena. In the sleep experiment at the Out-of-Body Experience Research Center in Los Angeles, four groups of 10 to 20 volunteers were trained to perform a series of mental steps upon awakening during the night that might lead them to have out-of-body experiences. If able to separate from their bodies, they were then conditioned to try dreaming about floating through a tunnel toward a bright light. Eighteen of the volunteers said they were able to dream such an experience. Some of the test subjects not only succeeded in reproducing the out-of-body flight through a tunnel but also enjoyed the ecstasy typical of the experience and even flew all the way to the light and met their deceased relatives there, center leader Michael Raduga stated in a press release about the work which has not yet been published in a peer-reviewed journal. More than 8 million Americans have a near-death experience and they most often occur during states of anesthesia-induced sleep, according to the center prior work by neurologists, including Kevin Nelson of the University of Kentucky, suggests that NDEs are indeed generated by the same brain mechanisms that cause lucid dreams. Nelson's research shows that both types of experiences arise when part of the brain, called the dorsolateral prefrontal region, or logical center, which is usually active only when we're awake, becomes active during REM sleep, allowing extremely vivid dreams that seem to be happening in real life. Nelson said conclusions from the research should be cautiously drawn until the findings pass the peer-review process, but they are nonetheless well-aligned with prior research on NDEs. And now for some news in science. Monarch butterflies have taken a hit this year, according to researchers who monitor the colorful insects' numbers at their traditional overwintering grounds in a forest in central Mexico. This winter's surviving population covers almost a third less than the area the butterflies covered in the 2010-2011 season. Each winter, the world's monarchs gather in a single swath of evergreen forest in Michoacan, Mexico, to spend the cooler months clustered together, blanketing the trees by the thousands. This so-called supergeneration flies from its birthplace in the northern United States and Canada to the same patch of Mexican forest year after year. The announcement from the researchers with the World Wildlife Fund and Mexico's National Commission for Natural Protected Areas appears to confirm the fears of some biologists, who said it was likely that scalding temperatures and extreme droughts affecting Texas and other parts of the United States in 2011 would take a toll on the butterflies. In recent years, winter monarch colonies appear to be shrinking. Since 1994, the average coverage is 7 hectares, but the lowest numbers ever recorded have all occurred in the last 11 years, with a new record low in 2009 of a mere 2 hectares. (laughs) Catch yourself daydreaming while washing the dishes again? If this happens often, you probably have a pretty capable working memory, new research suggests. This mind-wandering, it seems, actually gives your memory a workout. Working memory is the mental workspace that allows the brain to juggle multiple thoughts simultaneously. The more working memory a person has, the more daydreaming they can do without forgetting the task at hand. Our results suggest that the sorts of planning that people do quite often in daily life, when they're on the bus, when they're cycling to work, when they're in the shower, are probably supported by working memory, study researcher Jonathan Smallwood of the Max Plack Institute for Human Cognitive and Brain Science said in a statement. The brain is trying to allocate resources to the most pressing problems, but when our minds run out of working memory, these off-topic thoughts can take the main stage without us consciously meaning them to. For instance, arriving at home with no recollection of the actual trip or suddenly realizing that you've turned several pages in a book without comprehending any of the words. NASA has developed augmented reality glasses that would allow commercial airline pilots to see a virtual version of runways in even the worst weather conditions. Such glasses represent a portable head-worn display that shows critical flight information such as airspeed, altitude and orientation floating in front of one's eyes at all times. The NASA display would also track pilots' heads so that an updated virtual outline of an airport's runways and towers always appears wherever they look, allowing them to keep their attention on what's happening outside rather than staring at a chart or tablet. If pilots are not familiar with the airport, they have to stop and pull out maps, said Trey Arthur, an electronics engineer at NASA Langley Research Center in Virginia. This display, in the new world where these routers are going to be digital, can tell them what taxiway they're on, where they need to go, and how well they're tracking the runway's center line. Similar heads-up display technology exists for military fighter jet and helicopter pilots who wear helmets with the transparent displays. Newer commercial airliners also use HUDs installed in the cockpit, but lack the head-tracking augmented reality of NASA's technology that layers virtual images or maps on top of a pilot's real-world vision. Thousands of possibly early human settlements have been discovered by archaeologists using computers to scour satellite images. Jason Ur said he had found about 9,000 potential new sites in northeastern Syria. Computers scanned the images for soil discoloration and mounds caused when mud-brick settlements collapsed. Dr. Ur said surveying the same area on the ground would have taken him a lifetime. With these computer science techniques, however, we can immediately come up with an enormous map, which is methodologically very interesting, but which also shows the staggering amount of human occupation over the last 7,000 or 8,000 years, said the researcher. Over the last three years, he has worked with computer expert Böhm Menze from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology to create a software application able to classify a huge range of terrain. He said this had removed subjectivity and allowed them to look at a much larger area. And now for some local news from Romania. The rubella outbreak that the country has been facing since the beginning of the year continues to get worse. Dr. Sorin Petra, Medical Director of the National Institute for Infectious Diseases, Prof. Dr. Matei Balš, has declared that several new cases have been recorded. From Friday until Monday, we have had 76 cases. This is caused mostly by people's reluctant attitude towards vaccination. The age groups most affected are teenagers and young adults. They are not severe cases, however. He has also recommended that young people who have not developed symptoms of the disease and that have not been vaccinated should immediately address their doctors in order to get immunization. In January, there have been 531 registered cases at the Institute, in February a number of 789 cases, and in the first part of March, 412 cases. This was Miruna for The Skeptical Reporter. This show was recorded today, the 22nd of March, 2012.